The broadcast is now starting. All attendees are in listen-only mode. Uh, good evening and welcome to our weekly webinar of the SOC Asia Pacific Group. Um, I'll just go on to the next slide. There we go. Um, our Asia Pacific webinar, um, we have people from New Zealand listening and Singapore outside ourselves. And um, myself, Richard De Groot, I'm from the Razorback area and uh, I've been doing this a few times now and I'm starting to get uh, really bad at it. And uh, anyway, enough about me. Um, I welcome our lovely dear Kate Armstrong from Christchurch who is going to be my co-host tonight. And I'll try and get her to talk more than uh, than myself because, uh, you know, being a lady, she sounds much better than I do. And there's less <laughs> double dots in there as well. So, Kate, good evening. How are you? I'm great, Richard. It's great to be on the call with you. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I'll get has written the book, The Seven Secrets of Getting Your Sugar, Honey, Ice and Tea Done. Well, that's the last time we'll do it in a neat way. You're going to get it straight as the crow flies in the old-fashioned way. And if you can't deal with that word, then I'll tell you beforehand, you might want to get off um, of this webinar. So, um, but Emma Parra, she's, uh, she's a good friend of mine. I've known Emma for a couple of years now through the networking system. And she recently written that book, The Seven Secrets of Getting Stuff Done. I'll say it as it is, shit done. And uh, and she's, you know, it's actually quite uh, quite awakening and uh, and good for us to listen to. So Emma, welcome and good evening. Hi, thank you, Richard. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, you're you're very welcome, Emma. Um, Emma, first question off. Um, would you like to just to uh, quickly get people to uh, you know let them know who you are, where you come from, um, a little bit of your background and how and why you got to writing that book in the first place. Yes, no worries. All right, so my name is, I, I call myself Emma P. It's just, it just rolls off the tongue a little bit easier. But um, I am, I'm a single mum, I suppose, I'm, I'm going to be honest there. I have a 13-year-old daughter. I live in Wollongong, but I'm originally from the UK. I've been out in Australia for about 22 years now. So you may or may not hear the accent go in and out um, from being a, a total pommy, and let's not go there with the EU. Uh, talk tonight but <laughs> but I, I have opinions on that one anyway um, so yeah I've been out here for a, a number of years but uh, my business is seven years old um, and I'll get to the, how I published the book in a second but you know I've got a good background in businesses for the last 15 years I've always kind of had my, my toe in some kind of business and done a lot of multi-level marketing businesses as well. So I know how it all works. I've been there, done that, and it's given me really good footing to having my own business um, a few years later and, um, and you know, in applying systems and things like that to my actual business is, is something that I learned from those businesses, which was really cool. Um, so, yeah, I've been running um, health and fitness classes, predominantly Zumba, for goodness sake. I left a full-time government job to teach Zumba seven years ago, and um, that kind of changed everything. So for, for it's, there's a bit of a story there, I suppose, that I was able to leave work being paid to dance on stage, which... Sounds a bit strange, but it's a fitness dance. So if anyone hasn't done Zumba before, it is fitness-based. And um, from there on, I grew client base, um, always collected emails the whole way along. I wasn't quite sure what I was collecting it for. And then um, did uh, my Cert 3 and 4 in fitness, did PT classes, boxing classes and things like that. Had two health studios. Then I sold those and became a coach three to four years ago. And I've been coaching for the last few years, um, life coaching, now doing a lot more business coaching because I've now got the systems. And then late last year, um, so many people were asking me how I got so much shit done, literally. So I decided I would write a book. And to be quite honest, it wasn't hard to write a book. I quite enjoy writing. And... Um, yeah, I wrote the book in four weeks because, you know what, if you're going to get some shit done, you better write a book fairly quickly. And, um, yeah, got it out by the February. I stupidly chose school holidays, which I thought would be I'd get more time, but I didn't. <laughs> so I was getting up at four in the morning to do this book. And, um, yeah, released it in February, which is is pretty cool. So now it saves me those conversations on how much 
how, how do I get shit done, which I'll cover a little bit later for you. Um, I just go read my book now. It's kind of cool. <laughs> so that's that's where I am right now, but there's more to come. <laughs> so um, just to let everybody else know um, as well, one of the things that you told me just before is that you do have some experience in, uh, in network marketing as in yep. um, multi-level marketing. You want to quickly touch on that for yeah, us? Yeah, I've done, I've done a number of things. did um, Nutrimedics, uh, did Avon on and off for years. To be quite honest, um, I just love being part of a community, I think, and, and letting that community help others. So that's cool. And I've, I've actually got clients now that I coach in Arbonne, Gold Canyon Candles, and um, a few other multi-level marketing businesses too. So I'm quite au fait with how it all works and I've, I fully support what you guys are doing and, and certainly sending out cards. I've, I've even got an account myself, so... Yeah, just to let everybody know, it's not with me. No, it was before <laughs> I met Richard. <laughs> Which is all fine. So, anyway, I'll let you continue. Katie, you got a question quickly. Right. So, um, so Emma, I suppose when you first started with your Zumba, you'd, you obviously lived a corporate lifestyle, did you? But oh. What were you doing prior to getting into Zumba? Gosh, it couldn't be any far removed from what I do now. I was um, I worked in for the state government in the old superannuation funds for the um, New South Wales government. Okay. So I've I've I was a trainer in the call centre. So I I knew uh, I knew a lot, and I still know a lot about tax and superannuation. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously helps you. It, helps it, does, a lot. it does. It does help. <laughs> I, I'm not overly keen on it, but I know the rules. Yeah. <laughs> so, what made you change going from from working in a in a department like that, a government department, going into something so radical, radically different, as in yeah. being a, a sort of a Zumba <laughs> coach or a Zumba a Zumba trainer? I suppose. You'd I know say. it's so so random. It's it's quite quite ridiculous, and people. I don't think people believe me. Um, I, I look. I'd been there nine years. I was a, a little bit sick of the red tape. There were there were talks that it was going to be sold off. I didn't want to be one of those people scrambling for a job. I I ultimately didn't want to be told what to do anymore. And that might sound a little bit adolescent, but you know, if you've worked for a government agency for that many years, and and before that, I used to work for other agencies. It's I was I was just a bit tired of it all of the of the you know red tape, I suppose. And um, yeah. and my daughter was, uh, she was about five, so she just started school and I thought I just want to be, I don't want to keep sending her to daycare, which I had been doing since she was six weeks old. I really just wanted to be able to pick her up from school, go to sports days, not have to ask permission to do so and just give you know myself that flexibility with my family lifestyle. And, um, you know, the fact that Zumba came up, I was watching what was happening overseas with America and the UK and I was just, I, I simply model and I talk about that in the, in the book about modelling um, what other people have done and, you know, don't reinvent the wheel, just if someone else has done it, how did they do it and replicate it and I literally did that, I literally did that. So, so, just started it. so was Zumba not really out in, in Australia at that time? No, I went to the second training in Australia and then I was the second instructor in Wollongong, which I literally rode that wave. And the great thing was is that I'm not a dancer. Let me put this very clear. I am not a dancer. I had no idea what the salsa was. I I just decided that I was going to learn. I got very accountable. I actually booked a venue before I even finished the training. So I booked a venue and told people that I was going to do these Zumba classes because people started seeing it on, um, I think they were selling it on the TV, the morning show, the the CDs. And um, so people were talking about it, but they didn't know who ran classes. So even before I attended the training in Canberra, I remember driving to Canberra for it, I told people I was going to do the class and I gave myself four weeks to to train myself with the choreography and I sat in my garage, or I didn't sit, I danced in my garage for four weeks and then um, did the the classes and goodness I had 90 people at one of my classes I you know I took it out to schools I took it out to old people's homes I really diversified it as well so um, so you obviously saw a real opportunity there and just ran with it I did and I was getting paid to laugh and move it was <laughs> quite surreal <laughs> 
So were you always into health and fitness before you started that? Is that something that's just naturally a part of your oh, everyday life? I'd love to say that's the case, but quite honestly, when I, my marriage broke down about nine years ago, I was fat. I was so fat. I would sit on the lounge and, and drink wine because you know, I was not happy. And then when I finished, my marriage finished, I decided to get fit. I got a personal trainer and I literally just did it for me. I learned more because I thought I've got to be an inspiration for my daughter. And um, so, no, I really, I sat on my bum till probably, what was about 32? Yeah, 32. I was, I was a fatty. Not, not so much now. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously, as you've gone on through the years of doing Zumba and, and you've obviously got fitter and healthier. Yeah. What, what has that done for you in terms of your business? Like, How important has that been for you in terms of where you are today? Look, there is a direct correlation between your health and your business income. I truly believe this. If you are not healthy, then your business is not healthy. Um, and if you're saying otherwise, you're in denial. Um, and I can... How true I, is that statement, Emma? Oh, it is it's so true. And for people in small business, your health is it. In fact, it should, you shouldn't even have to go, I'm going to put my health in my diary. Your health is, is everywhere. If without it, you have no business. Well. You have no life. You yeah. have no kids. Like, who's going to look after your kids? So it is vital, vital, as, as is oxygen. <laughs> yeah. People don't understand that quite often that uh, mm. without being healthy uh, and, and fit and whatever, your brain doesn't operate in a healthy and fit mode either, which means you're not getting stuff done the way it's supposed to be done either. That's right. That's right. And the amount of stuff that we um, eat can affect our brain in terms of its functionality. And, you know, the soft drinks and the sugary things, it is proven, it is proven now that eating rubbish gives you a foggy head you get food hangovers the next day it's um and and i think i think people do put them a pressure on themselves and saying i've got to be fit and healthy and they've got this image in their mind of i don't know michelle bridges or whoever it's not about that it's about being real and being healthy so you you know your heart and lungs work correctly so you don't have diabetes so you can look after people you don't have to be a triathlete to be healthy, you can be healthy from walking every day and, and you know, not eating crap. Mm, so true. So, Emma, you, you obviously, you, you did the, um, the Zumba classes and then you became a qualified PT trainer. Yes. So what was it that, you know, you, you just touched um, briefly on people asking you about how you were so organised. So in terms of writing your first book, just elaborate a little bit more on how that all evolved for you. Yeah, um, look, I'm a Virgo, so I am a little bit organised anyway, and I do live by my diary. Um, so, and you know what, being a mum, I think you need to be organised, and, and certainly a mum with yeah. my, all my family are overseas, so I tend to do a lot of stuff for myself. But, yeah, it's um, it's... I, yeah, I just was organised and I write things down and I have whiteboards and I have sticky notes But and I and I get accountable. I tell people what I'm going to do because that, that means I'll do it. <laughs> and and that's, that's very important what you just said, that Emma, oh, being yes. accountable. And, and that's one of the things that uh, in, in the sender card groups that, that we promote to one another, get somebody that will keep you accountable with what you're doing. So it's great to hear you say exactly the same thing. Yeah, look, I think accountability can be done in so many ways. Exactly. Get a buddy, get a coach, get a mentor. I mean, I, I myself, as a coach and mentor, have a coach and two mentors at the moment because, you know, I need to, to step. I've got such big goals. I need, you know, someone to be on my back going, why didn't you do that? But you could be accountable on Facebook. You can put on Facebook that you're going to do something. And I've got guys in my online programs, you know, posting pictures of themselves climbing up mountains at the moment. And then they're in, and them doing that further inspires other people to go, well, hang on, if they can do that, I can do that. So your accountability just starts causing this ripple effect. It's it's really awesome. I, I know a guy who <laughs> he didn't like this radio presenter. He absolutely hated him. And I, I don't know who it was. I can't remember. But he, he said, if I don't go to the gym 10 times in 10 days or something like that, he, he picked a number. He goes, I'm going to pay this guy $2,000. 
he was going to send him a check. And so, you know what, he went every day because he just didn't want to send this guy money. So whatever works, whatever works, whatever accountability style works for you, do it. That's great. So, Emma, look, the book that you've got obviously on the screen here is called yeah. The Seven Secrets to Getting Shit Done. So would you mind imparting some words of wisdom in terms of what maybe those seven secrets are and, and how we can relate them um, to send out cards, I suppose, because obviously the everybody that's on the call tonight sure. is, is um, either a customer or a distributor with the company. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Look, I, I've got to admit, it's a little strange looking at myself lying down on that photo there, um, <laughs> continually. But um, you know what? I could put a picture of myself up there, but I want to do everybody else any good. Richard, you couldn't have chosen a better photo. That was the night I picked the book up for the first time in February, and you can see on my face how yeah, chuffed cool. and excited I was to be laying on my first printed book. So I, I think that photo you've picked is perfect because, it, look, that sums me up. I'm, I'm a fun-loving girl. I'm always laughing and smiling. There's my messages going. <laughs> um, I'll turn that off. But, yeah, um, I'll absolutely pass that on for you. I'll just turn my messages off because people are going to Brilliant. try and message me, aren't they? Um, all right, so, look, the first thing with getting your shit done, and I think for a lot of people they miss out on this vital step, is actually taking action. So <laughs> there, it's, it's vital. <laughs> so the yeah. first step is take the action. You couldn't have put it any better there. <laughs> I think people are looking, they're looking for the magic pill. They're looking for the answer. They're looking for the yeah. motivation. When more often than not, if you just do something, then stuff will flow. So we all, we've all got a to-do list, right? And you, your list is always going to be there. But, you know, and I, I understand that we can get overwhelmed and, and start procrastinating because we've got this massive list. But if you just pick two things off that list and did it, that is something. That is taking action towards something. Now, in the book, I do talk about a term that I call, and I'm not going to explain what it stands for. I'm sure you can all guess. It's JFDI. So just something, do it, right? It's a, it's a moment where you've just got a JFDI. So it could be, it could look, and this could be health, this could be business, whatever it is that you're applying it to, taking action is the first step. Stop messing around and JFDI. Yeah, the S stands for finally. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> look, I think, I think in language, I, I never swear to offend anybody. and We use the word shit quite often in Australia. And um, I would never offend anyone, so I won't be using foul language. And, I, you know, it's not appropriate in, in, in a lot of instances. But for there are some times that that word is appropriate. And taking action, it's very appropriate because you've just got a JFDI. Yeah. Love it. So the, the, next, the next key, I suppose, and, and any of these keys can be just done, it's taking action with at least one or, or all of them or, or, or a mixture, is the second one is to get clear. So... If you don't know what you want, how are you going to go and get it? So with regards to, say, business and, for example, your send-out cards business, you know, what is it exactly that you want to do with your business? How many clients do you want to get? How many customers do you want to get? How much do you want to grow your team? What kind of income do you want to receive? What do you want, you know, three-month income to be? What would you like six-month and 12-month and financial year? You, If you don't have any grasp around you know, some numbers or some feelings around what you're trying to do, you actually can't get there. And I use I use a lot of health and fitness analogies because obviously I've been doing that for a number of years. But I get people saying, look, I just want to lose some weight. And I'm like, well, then let's just chop your limb off because you're going to lose some weight by losing that leg, aren't you? Like, mm. let's get... But that's, that's very true. <laughs> uh, and it's the same as when you go travelling. Um, where are you going? Oh, I'm just driving. Oh, well, that doesn't matter then. You'll, you'll get there. That's right. Because it doesn't matter whether it's two metres down the road or, or on the other side of the country because you have no goal. And, and you just hit it right on the nail with that, that second point there, that unless you know what you want, where you want to go, um, you're not going to get there. Absolutely. And I think it was, I think for a lot of people, certainly in small business, and they'll often go, okay, I want to, I want to just work for myself. And, and I'll, I'll put my hand up to that in the first place. I want to, you know, I don't want anyone to tell me to turn up at nine o'clock in the morning. I want to do my own thing. 
Well, that's cool, but you've still got to be clear. So having, you know, you can have a business in 10 minutes. You can go and apply for an ABN and, and register your domain within minutes these days. But what are you, you know, what is it exactly that you want? Is it to replace that income? Is it to supplement that income? So for some people, they may be working and doing send out cards on the side. That's cool. But, you know, are you doing that to transition out or are you just doing it for fun? So start getting clear around what you actually want to use it for. Surprisingly, you will actually start heading in that direction because you're clear, because your focus is where you get clear. Now, the interesting thing about focus is that the stuff's always around us, and I'll use red cars, for example. If I say to you now, between now and next week, you're gonna, all you're going to see is red cars, you are going to see red cars because I've changed your focus. It's like um, women who are pregnant. I know when I was pregnant, everyone was pregnant. Well, no, not really, because everyone was always pregnant. It's just that my focus changed. <laughs> It's very, very true, especially with cars like that. If you think about, oh, I'm going to buy a car like this, I really like that particular car. I have seen too many of those, (laughs) and they're behind the wheel, and they're everywhere. Yes. It's interesting, isn't it? And so you can apply that to your customers. So if you're going, okay, I need customers who or businesses that want to you know, communicate with their customers more frequently in the old-fashioned way of getting cards, if you're saying there are no customers out there, well, guess what you're going to find? No customers. You, yeah. need, you need to get clear on what you want. Once you shift your focus, so for goodness sake, try it with red cards if you don't believe me, and then try it with companies or businesses that require some kind of tool to to thank their their clients or whatever that is you will find that your focus will shift once you get clearer yeah even if you don't know specifically what kind of customer you look for would that still apply absolutely try one type of customer then maybe the next week try another customer but the good thing about um you know people who have already achieved it talk to people who are already doing quite well you know, take some shortcuts. There's nothing wrong with asking people better questions in how they got somewhere. Most people will give you the the map, I suppose. Yes. So, yeah, that leads me on to um, the, the third one. And feel free to butt in with any questions because, you know, as you can probably tell, I do talk quite fast and for, for long periods of time, very easily. Um, <laughs> This is why my book got done in four weeks, by the way. Um, <laughs> I love it. The third thing to think about... If, is, if it goes too quick, I'll just turn the, uh, the speed of the tape recorder down a bit. <laughs> That's all good. The third thing, and this is probably where I get quite passionate about, and again, you can apply this to any area of your life, is your why. Why are you even doing this? So we've talked about getting clear and taking action, but why? If you are not... If you don't have a juicy reason why you're doing something, you won't do it. Like, that's a fact. If you ever thought about any goals that you may have set or anything that you've kind of gone, yep, I'm going to go and do that. If you didn't have a juicy reason why, you probably failed at it. You probably stuffed it up. You probably weren't clear. You probably didn't take any action. So you've got to come down to your why. And I again, in business, you know, just saying, I want to replace that income, maybe that's not enough of a, of a goal. It has to be juicy. I, I say in the book, and I talk about it, about being horny. So, you know, when you're horny, I know we're getting a bit crass here, but... No, I don't know what that when, is. Can you explain that? <laughs> when you're horny, you just go and get it, right? So you want to be horny for your why. You want to be horny for your goal because you're just going to do it. You will. You're With no question, look at... And, you know, success leaves clues. What have you done in the past that worked? What is it that you did? Can you repeat that? It's probably to do with the fact that your why was juicy, it was emotional, it got your juices flowing, you, you were just like, yes, I'm going to go and do that. And Tears it, in your eyes. That's right, yeah, you want, you want to get excited, you want to feel that, in your, that, that moment in your stomach of excitement versus, and you go, oh, am, I, am I being anxious? No, no, you know, more often than not, we're, we're thinking we're anxious, but it's actually excitement and we're just mixing up the signals. You want to, you want to get yes. to that point for your wise. Is that, does that make sense? Oh, very much, Absolutely. very much. And uh, Emma, and, and I said I was going to go and discuss that when, when we got to that particular point, 
you did a, um, a 10 minute pitch um, at, a, at a networking group where I attended. You added something before the actual why. Um, you know what I'm talking about? I do, and I'm going to talk about it next, actually. It's about the identity. Cool. Is, that, is that what we're going to talk? Is that what All you right. were going to mention? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, look, identity. So to get your shit done, you've got to look at your identity of who you are being. Now, this one is vital, right? For a lot of people in small business, they they may be working in the business and not working on the business. So you you know when um, you say, for example, a plumber, a plumber goes, oh, I'm really good at plumbing. I'll go and start my own business. Well, that's cool, but they're a plumber, right? They're not a business person. So this is where you kind of have this identity shift. So I'm sure if you ask the plumber, what do you do? They're like, I'm a plumber. Well, no, they're not actually a plumber. They're a business person. They they own a business. So coming back to send out cards, um, you've got to ask yourself, when people ask you, what do you do? What are you saying to them? What identity are you carrying around with you before um, you, you, you answer? If you're saying, okay, I, I'm... I don't know. What what is it something that you say, Richard, that you when you introduce yourself? Well what yeah, what happened with uh, what you how you said that was um what do you say when people ask you, Who are you? Yeah. And uh, that was for me like being hit with a piece of four B two over my head. Um, because my subconscious automatically answered with the word paramedic. And then I thought, shit. I'm doing sender cards here. I've been doing sender cards for two years, and yet I answer as being a paramedic. What the hell? And you so woke me up, it's not funny. <laughs> Excellent. My job is done. <laughs> yeah, but that's something as simple as that. It, it makes such an impact. It, it's just, and, and I did something very, very simple, and, and I'll just add that in there. Um, to, to fix that, that in, uh, in the first step is I actually, up on that day, I was still wearing my ambulance pants because they're just dark blue because they were just comfortable but probably subconsciously I was putting them on still being the paramedic so the first thing I did at that day, at the end of the day I went home and I took all the ambulance pants off the hooks and I took one of them off my backside of course and I put them at the far end, so now they're only going to get work if I actually do medical stuff, and or where, and they're going to be downgraded to work pants. And I tell you what, that on itself, something as simple as that, make that difference. And and just for you asking that question, you know, who are you? Literally, no more. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's that's a great one. Sorry, Kate. So I was just going to ask you there, Emma, for those on the call that are perhaps working a full-time job yes. and, and doing their send-out cards um, part-time but are hoping to replace their full-time income, mm-hmm. how do you approach that scenario with who are you being? Yeah, well, so there's a thing called be, do, have. So if anyone, if you've got a bit of paper, I suggest writing the words be, do, have. Now... Yeah. This is something that's vital. So with um, with today's society in particular, like we're very much focused on the things, that the, the results, the, the items that we can have in life, the, you know, I'm going to be happy when, I'll, be, I'll have that car or I'll have this feeling. So we're looking at the have quite a lot. In fact, we shouldn't be looking at the have at all. We should be looking about who are we being, then what are we doing to have that feeling, that result, that item, whatever that thing is, we should actually flip it on its head and start thinking about who are we being. So if we want to use send out cards as a, a side business right now, well, who are you being right now? Are you being the worker? Are you being the business owner? Are you being the networker? Who are you being? Then the steps, you know what the doing is, and I'm sure you guys have got the support there in terms of what you can do, you know, turning up, talking to people, talking about sending out cards to, you know, every man and his dog, that is the do. And guess what you're going to have then? You're going to have the results. You're going to have that feeling or have that result or whatever that is, that thing is, you're going to have it by coming back to be. 
Does that make sense Brilliant. or have I confused everyone? Because yeah, everyone needs to go and get much. a tattoo on the no, back of their hand that says, be, do, have. <laughs> or buy the book because there's, right. there's a little thing in the book about but it. How, how true is that that we look at the, at the have? I want to have this, I want to have that. I do yeah. this because I want to have that. But, yeah, absolutely right. We do have, it's, it's, a, it's a, obviously it's, a, a You know what, if, if anything out of tonight's call, if you walk away thinking about be, do, have, who am I being, what do I need to do to have the things or have the results or have that feeling, if that is the only thing that you get out of tonight, seriously, go and tell someone. I've got this written inside um, my shower door. I've got those chalk pens. You can get them from, you know, news agents or office works. And I've written right. inside my, my uh, shower door. So when I'm in there washing my hair, having the me time, I'm looking about and I'm going, who am I being today? What do I need to do to have that result? Who do I need to be? I'm constantly going back into be. It's a habit, to be honest. It, sometimes I forget and go, what do I need to do? Well, give me the steps because I want to have that thing or I want to have so many clients. What do I need to do? And then I forget about the be. But if I come back to who I'm being, everything shifts. And, in fact, the pressure comes off then. Wow, that's, really that, that's a pretty uh, – yeah, uh, thank you, Kate. I was going to say exactly the same. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, go, everyone go to their shower doors if they can or, or type that on be, do, have <laughs> on something. <laughs> I'll get my lipstick out and I'll put it you on the glass. You do that. There's a really good book I can recommend, um, and I've got many, many book recommendations because not only do I write them, I read a lot too. And I, I totally say if you're not reading, you're not growing. Um, the book that this this concept came out of, because look, it's not mine, I'm not going to put my, my name on it because it's been around for a while, is called um, Conversations with God by Neil, Neil Donald Walsh, N-E-A-L-E. Donald Walsh. Um, it's not a religious book. In fact, I don't even read religious books. But Conversations with God is a brilliant book, and you know, one of those books that you walk away going, "I think my brain just self-combusted," because it just gets you to think. And um, the B do have models actually directly out of that. So can you say that again? The, yeah, the, name the of book's the, called um, the book's called Conversations with God. And um, it's by Neil Donald Walsh, W-A-L-S-C-H. And I recommend if you haven't, if you can't get the book, because I got mine on eBay for like $9, um, get an Audible account through Amazon and listen to the, the, the Audible version of his book. It's, it's just gold. It's, it's life-changing. Oh, thank you. Cool. All right. So, can I? Shall I keep going, or do we want to ask any yeah, questions? Yeah, yeah. Number four. Um, no, number no, five. We're on number five now, actually, Richard. Oh, <laughs> oh I must have fallen asleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, number five is changing your state. So, look, it's really easy to get into that moment of woe is me, eyes are down, shoulders are slumped, no one's ringing, no one's replying back to me, I'm talking about this thing that I love so much and I know that will change people's lives but you know, I'm, you know, we're sitting in that physical state of overwhelm or procrastination or whatever that feeling is and um, how do you get out of that basically and it's not just a physical thing, you know, we could be telling ourselves that we're no good as a result we, our focus can be focusing on the bad things because it's really easy to focus on the bad stuff and not the good stuff. In fact, we're more, more, we're more hardwired to focus on the bad than we are the good because we're, we're programmed for um, self-preservation. <laughs> so if you think back to cavemen times, we're actually programmed to um, survive. So coming back to changing your state, you're sitting in this this not very good state how do you get out of that right and um, we do what's called um, a state changer and this is actually from tony robbins i'm a big big fan of his if you haven't heard of him please go on youtube oh, yes. youtube yes. that one you may i'm just giving you a warning now you may not stop watching because he's that good and you'll you'll download lots of stuff but um he talks about changing your state and there's three things that you've got to do to change your state you can't just go right I'm just going to talk myself out of it. You've actually got to do three things. You've got to physiologically change what you're doing. So if you're sitting down, 
going, oh, I feel terrible, I haven't done very well today, stand up. So do the opposite. Or put some music on and start moving or go for a walk. So there's one thing that you can do to change, but you've still got to do another two. You've got to change where your focus is at. So what what are you focusing on? So, oh, I've got no customers or people aren't interested. Well, okay, well, how could I do that? How could I get more customers? What could I do today to change where my focus is? And then also what language you're telling, language you're using with yourself. So as I've said already, we're kind of tuned for that, auto-tuned for the negative. So what can you do? So a lot of clients will come to me in coaching and I'll say, okay, what would you like to get out of the session? And they'll go, well, I don't want to feel sad. I don't want to feel poor. I don't want to be in a marriage that I'm not happy with. And I don't want to, get, I don't want to sit in my job. So I've just worked out what they're not happy with, but they don't know what they do want. So I kind of flip it on its head. And that gets us back to the beginning again, isn't it? That's exactly right. We're getting, we're getting clear on what we do want. So it's, it's, it's kind of like the normal human nature thing to do. We focus on what we can't do. And you'll find yourself doing it. And even I still find myself doing it. I'm focusing what I don't want. And funnily enough, I attract it. But focusing on what you do want. So when you're doing uh, what's called a state, we want to change your state. I suggest if you're sitting on the lounge going, woe is me, no one's ringing me, get off the bloody lounge, put some music on, start moving around your lounge room or whatever you are if you're at work. Maybe put your earphones on if you don't want people to hear your music. Start moving or start walking. What can you do? Start looking up. As soon as we start looking down, everyone can do an impression of being sad. Your eyes automatically go down. Start lifting your eyes up because your imagination is, is um, so your prefrontal cortex of your brain is at the very, very front of your brain, right? If you, that, that whole tummy time with kids, if you've got babies on their belly, you're not only are you strengthening their neck, you're actually helping their imagination grow. So this is a proven fact that your imagination and the future is actually stored in that prefrontal cortex of your brain. So if you're feeling sad and looking down, look up. Like imagine, you know, when you'd start daydreaming about desert islands or winning the lottery or anything like that, we do naturally kind of lift our eyes if you can all do it now. Try and lift your eyes, look up or look you know, ahead and try and be sad for me. Try and bring some sad emotions into what you're thinking about that with your eyes rather, up. You that can't, feels rather un, uh, unnatural, actually. That's right, because it's not supposed to be that way. So just changing your physiological eyes up, then that's going to start changing your state. What language are you saying to yourself? Are you being hard on yourself? We've all got that mini-me, that, that person that says you're no good, What do you think you're doing? How dare you think you can talk to people? That ego or that voice, whatever we call it, is essentially there to protect us, but it's messed up, right? So you treat it like a four-year-old. You know when you ignore a four-year-old, they get really loud? Um, (laughs) Treat your ego or that voice like a four-year-old. So acknowledge it and then tell it to go away. Lift your eyes up, stand up, deep breathing. We're not breathing enough, right? We're sitting in our chairs. We're sitting in our cars. We're sitting in our desks. We're not breathing enough. At a base, base, base self cell level, we need to breathe, and we're simply not breathing. Change your physiology. Start moving. Start walking. Start dancing. Start talking. You'll start using all of your lungs. It, it, I couldn't. I, I could go on for days about this particular subject. No, but you're right. Right. You look down, and it's darker down at the bottom, so you yeah. get less light in your eyes which makes you feel down for starters. Yep. When you look up, it's the opposite. You, your eyes are wider open, yep. more like it seemed to you, and, you know, things just look brighter. It, it, it's just a natural phenomenon. And you know you what? It's, it's been around forever. We even use the language around it. The future is bright. Look ahead to the yes. future. Look up to yes. the skies yes. for the an- Look up to the sky for the answer. We talk like it already, but... We forget and we just, we, you know, we're in habits. We're, yeah, it's habitual. I actually, I actually try, I, I stand up a lot at home now and yep. work. I actually put my laptop on the bench top and stand at the end now. And I find I've got so much more energy when I do that. It's like, you know, now isn't there, there's a lot of research which says your, your, um, 
you know, your work rate is a lot higher if you stand and actually work. 100%. Couldn't, couldn't, be, couldn't yeah. be any more right, Kate. Actually, I literally invested in a stand-up desk four weeks ago. I'm standing at it right now. Mm. I went, I invested, I'd sold the other desk. I've got this amazing desk. I'm so much more productive <clears throat> It's. I was doing the same yeah. as you. I was putting it on the bench. I put it on a cardboard box on the bench, and I was like, "What am I doing? I'll just buy a desk that stands up for yeah. me." But um, isn't it funny because when you're on your desk, guess which direction you're looking? You're looking down. Down. Yep. Yep. So look, and you, exactly. and look, we're looking at our phones. Look at the kids today, right? I have a teenage daughter. They're looking down all the time at their phones. And they're wondering why they're sad. They're wondering why the depression's increasing. Like I, again, I could go on about just looking down for for years, but um, I'm reading a book at the moment. Um, of course, I am because I'm always reading um, <laughs> a book about the brain and um, how it talks about brain health. But it talked about they're calling it the sitting disease. So they're saying sitting is killing us, and it's just as bad as heart disease. We're killing ourselves by sitting down. So if anyone's listening and they're sitting down, can you please stand up? (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm standing. Oh, I'm standing now. (laughs) So the big thing with that, Emma, you know, changing your state, it's really never giving up on a bad day. And if you are in a wee bit of a slump, just get up, move, go for a walk, do something to re-energise yourself and, and shift your focus and get back on task. Yeah, look, no one feels terrible after a walk, do they? Let's be honest. You always feel better. It gives you If you're stuck on a project or stuck on something or you don't know how to reply to something, go for a walk or go do something else and come back to it. Give yourself a rest. You know, even if you're just walking outside and you're just looking at colours, like use all your senses or just listen, what can you hear? Can you hear the birds? Can you hear the traffic? What can you hear? What can you smell? Use your senses because we're not using them at the moment. We're, we're very much, we're losing sight of what our bodies are able to do and our brains are able to do. If you just go for a walk and look at the trees for 10 minutes, I'm quite sure you're going to feel pretty good or have a, a shift in your focus, a shift in where your ideas are coming from so yeah it's it's super important you know what we're always going to fail and I think a lot of people you know think oh well I I won't do that because I'm going to stuff up or I'm I'm not going to do that because they're going to think this or or fail you know what it's it's a fact of life we're going to fail so you need to and I I use this on myself I I tell myself to get over it because (laughs) If we focus on failing, guess what you're going to do? It comes back to focus. You're going to keep failing. If you treat failure as feedback and as a lesson, you'll move through it a lot quicker. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I tend to go into some things expecting to mess it up. It's a different aspect to going, oh, I'm going to fail. No, no, I want to fail because I know I'll always learn something that I didn't know before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So number six. <laughs> this is a, a powerhouse webinar tonight. Um, oh, look, it, it, this is where my Virgo brain and loves office works. And I don't know if you've got office works in New Zealand, but we've it's it's like my favourite shop. <laughs> it's, it sells all office supplies, and oh. it's where I got my oh, desk yeah, yeah, from. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, office mix. We've got yeah, yeah. So pens and whiteboards and paper and and books and things like that. <laughs> You've got to get organised. So number six um, for getting your shit done, you've got to get organised. You really do. Um, you know, whether it's a whiteboard in your office or whether it's a pack of brightly coloured post-it notes, whatever works, right, you've got to get organised. And the, the big thing for a lot of people, and because we're just accumulating crap as the days go by, is declutter. Like declutter um, a room or even a drawer. If the room's too much, declutter a drawer you know how good you feel when you've decluttered that junk drawer it just feels good your energy's up you feel mentally cleared i know when i clean the garage out every now and again i feel like oh this i've got more energy i've got more space so even in a mental plane decluttering whether it be and i know this sounds ridiculous you know when you've cleaned out the the glove box in your car how good does that feel well, you've cleaned the car out of rubbish. Yeah, something as simple as that, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> so 
I'll, I'll have clients and I'll go, when was the last time you cleaned your car out? Or when was the last time you cleaned that drunk, junk drawer or the, the space under the sink out? And they'll look at me like I'm mental. But I'll go, go and do that and see how you feel. And then when you've done that, go and declutter something else. And, you know, you don't have to do everything in one weekend. You can do it progressively. And the hot tip with decluttering is when you've decluttered, declutter again because you didn't do it properly in the first place you will need to do it again and we we just collect so much rubbish and and I, I truly believe it causes an energy block in not only our mind but in our physical environment if we've got stuff piled up on our desks big you know piles of paper you are going to feel drained so get organized if you can't do it you pay someone else to do it i've got a lady who i give all my invoices to every three months and my receipts she puts it in lovely coloured sleeves, all organised, in date order, highlighted, filed, and it cost me $30. So truly, <laughs> it would take me hours to do it. I would rather pay someone else to do it. So work with your strengths. If your strengths are doing what you do, maybe get someone else to do something. Maybe get a cleaner, giving you that extra time that you would normally spend cleaning or thinking about, I've got to go and clean. Not only are you supporting the local economy by employing somebody to do it, you're going to feel physically and mentally better by doing so. Does that does that help? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. So with organisation, I mean, there is the the basics of you know diary and things like that. I I use those chalk pens as I've mentioned. I use them on the windows because um, it does it does rub off. Don't worry, you're not going to make any errors or or lipstick, Richard um get get your thoughts out there like if if your thing is writing write it out if your thing is speaking speak it into a voice recorder in your phone or video it whatever you need to do kind of get your your thoughts out there get organized um again get, get accountable tell somebody that you're doing it you know i'm going to have the bathroom sorted out by next week to your best friend and then your best friend might follow you up or might not but you know, getting organised in so many ways, there's so many, so many choices, and I do cover it in the book, but um, one other thing I was going to mention in the getting organised was, oh, I've, I've forgotten what it was, I was on a roll then, I was just thinking about my, my friend being accountable for me. I'll probably remember when I... Oh, I'll probably remember it when I get into the next one. Um, yeah. Oh, anyway, doesn't matter. Um, you you couldn't be more organised. Put it that way. But then you still got to take action. You still got to get clear on what it is. Yeah. You're coming back to your why. This is all linking up. Who are you being? Have you changed your state? So it leads on to the last, but very very easy but effective tip of tip number seven is setting a timer. Like I know this might sound such a minor thing. But it is vital. I've used that word quite a lot because I'm very conscious that um, we need to be very healthy, but things are vital in our business and I apply a lot of stuff to health. But setting a timer is brilliant. So everyone, you know, pretty much has a smartphone or a clock at least in their house that they can set a timer for 25 minutes. And this is a crucial number. It's actually called the Pomodoro technique. So it's again, not, it's not my my um technique you want but to explain that a little bit so to yeah camera? pomodoro um so p o m o d o r o google pomodoro technique you want to say that again but slower p o m o d o r o yeah so the pomodoro, pomodoro technique works on a 25 minute timer right i'm going to have to just take a sip of water because i've i've obviously talked so quickly hang on um, yeah, you set a timer for 25 minutes and you go and do it. So you JFDR, you do the thing that you need to do, whether it's a cupboard, whether it's those phone calls that you needed to do, whether it's that social media post that you needed to do, whether it was that video you meant or that blog or that email, whatever it needed to do, you set 25 minutes to go and do it. Now, that in itself will give you a, a good time frame to work in. Your brain will love it. There's a, there's a bit of a theory if you Google Pomodoro technique. Your brain likes this kind of stuff. But also, 
it gives you a you, you you tend to work a little bit faster knowing that the time is going to go off right and you can use this not only on yourself but you can use it with your kids like go and tidy your room you've got 25 minutes off you go you can use this with your work colleagues it's pretty good for working out whether they take a long time or a short time <laughs> and i'm not saying you need to finish the task in the 25 minutes but you have a break for five minutes after that then you come back to it then you do another 25 minute block and then another 25 minute block because if you're telling yourself you've got all day to go and do something so if you've been saying to yourself right monday i've got 10 people to cold call or whatever that is or i'm going to follow those leads up i've got all day to do it guess how long you're going to take all day all day that's right and and in that case you may not even do it at all because you've given yourself permission to take all day but what if you gave yourself and to delay it yeah. What so if you you're actually giving you permission to procrastinate. That's right. So what if you gave yourself 25 minutes? Would you get the phone calls done? As as a higher yes. likely that you would do it, yeah? Um, how do you think I got a book written in four weeks? 25, 25 minutes at a time. Every <laughs> single chapter was written in 25-minute blocks. I kid you not. My timer it was go, stop, start, stop, start. And when I say five minutes, it's not like I was, I would go make a cup of tea or I'd just walk around the lounge room or I would go and get a breath of fresh air or I'd just switch my brain to something else just for five minutes because then I found I was more invigorated to keep going for the next 25 minutes. And you can clean your house this way. You can do anything. You can go and exercise. Go and exercise for 25 minutes. How much better does that feel now? That you've got to yeah. only exercise for 25 minutes. Well, I have to learn to do that because once I get my head down and backside up, um, I don't stop. <coughs> it will really honestly help. Um, just try it, Richard. I, I suggest everyone tries it. If you feel that you just got to keep going, you're in flow, and I, I get that feeling too, I can get in flow and I lose myself, just don't go any longer than 50 minutes. Hmm. But yeah, that's a, it's a very simple simple technique um, to to get your shit done. <laughs> and obviously, in the book, I elaborate a lot more than in what we spoke about then. But do, do you have any questions? Do you have any thoughts? Um, you know, feel free to ask me anything you need to. Oh, look, it's been absolutely fantastic, Emma. Honestly, there's been some real gems that you've talked about tonight. It's oh, been great. brilliant. You've obviously got um, you're really um, focused on getting another two, maybe three books written this year. We were having mm. a chat about that before the call started. Yes. So you've got follow-ups from this particular book that you've just written or just released? Um, so there's there's two books coming um, and it's quite possible I may – I'll probably get the next one out by the end of August. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get that one done. Again, for some reason I'm talking about school holidays. I don't know why I keep doing that to myself. Um the next one is uh, The Seven Secrets How um, Not to Give a Shit. So <laughs> that is along the lines of how we don't push ourselves forward or to the best of our ability because we, we think other people will say things. We, we, we're scared of what people will think or say or do when, quite honestly, they're mostly interested in themselves and they don't care. But... Uh, the book will be there to kind of push through those um, limitations that we have about ourselves. And the third book yeah. is um, in the series is The Seven Secrets on How Not to Get Shit Done, which is a lot about how to switch off so you can switch on a little bit better. So, you know, taking time out, um, getting back to nature. So things that everybody can do just to kind of and, – and this is where we get caught up in our phones and in the internet and – so entrenched in in social media that we you know you've just got to switch off regularly and i'm not saying you know sit at the top of a mountain meditating by all means but you know you can do other stuff and and that's what i'll be covering in that book and that is really designed to uh, so you actually do stop sit down take a break yeah and and also look at that this may be some sort of a reward for the hard work you've just done and now it's time to, you know, take a breather. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we talk, I'll talk about all of that. And a lot of it is, you know, is, is a secret, is, is how you get shit done, is you turn stuff off. Yeah. 
You literally, and you walk away. You schedule in breaks, whether you, you know, go camping or I'll, I will book in time for myself. And that's a tricky one being a single mum. At least three, four times a year, I'll go away at least for one night on my own just to rejuvenate, to get my head together. Because again, you know, my identity of being a mum can get so consuming that I forget that I'm a business owner. I forget that I'm an author. I forget that I'm all of these other identities that you lose yourself and you then you get that's when the you know the overwhelm comes in and what am I doing where am I going you've just got to sometimes to switch off and walk away for your own sanity well Emma I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to you tonight um I haven't got any more questions Richard I'm not sure if you have but Emma thanks so much for everything thanks Um, it's been a pleasure to have you on the call and Richard I'll, I'll just hand it back over to you because I think you do have one or two things you just want to ask Yes, I did, um, and, and it has been fantastic, Emma, um, and I love the questioning that you did, Kate, and as we said beforehand, and because I happen to know Emma and her book um, a fair bit is why I wanted you being the novice, of all, and, and don't take that the wrong way, but uh, not knowing <laughs> anything about it, asking the questions, and, and, and you did that fantastically. So, um, Emma, the, the right. couple of questions that we ask people at the end um, are obviously related a, a little bit to people that generally are in the networking business, but um, it may still um, to some degree apply to you as well. And in this particular case, the first question would definitely uh, apply. So what is the worst thing you've ever done in your business and did it affect or how did it affect your business? Hmm, worst thing... Um, look, I've got no regrets over anything that I've done. I think the worst thing was wasn't believing in myself early and early enough. Like it, it did take a couple of years to kind of build that confidence up, and I probably was a little bit concerned about what people would think. You know, coming from a government job, going to be a Zumba instructor, I, I probably cared a little bit too much. So it's probably the worst thing was is not believing in myself, um, and maybe not um, investing in myself earlier as well but again I have no regrets over that I've only probably had coaches and mentors for the last three four years I maybe probably would have sped the process up a little bit faster if I'd had it seven years ago but you know it's all good (laughs) yeah and isn't that a funny thing what you said there that that we doubt ourselves more than anybody else does oh gosh we do we do yeah 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 so cool which leads me to the next question what is the best thing that you've ever done in relation to your business and how did it or and, uh, or did it affect your business? Um, I suppose the best thing I can say on a practical level is implementing systems um, with my business. So, you know, having email autoresponders set up so when I meet people out on the street and I'm talking to them in a wherever, and, and this is something that you guys should do, is have MailChimp or whatever program that you use. I have it on my phone and I'm talking to people and I go, hey, can I you know, add you to my mailing list? And I give them my phone and I get them to put their email address in on the app for MailChimp and they've just added themselves to my, my um, email list. And by the time they've walked away, they've already got a first email going, hey, how are you going? And I'm building that relationship up from the second I've met them because – the stats change all the time, you know, it takes five to 12 touches to for people to become your client. Well, emails included and social media included and meeting them face-to-face is included, but why not speed that process up by setting an automation up? And I've got a six-week automation up on my um, my database that by the time I've seen them again, they've they've already gotten six things from me and, and they're things like videos or free eBooks or content that I I want to give value for because they I want them to think that I'm the expert of of course I am the expert but you want to build that relationship up so I think yeah the best thing is the systems and that's just one of them that I've done yeah yeah absolutely and um and that is that's a fantastic system you're so true people don't buy until they've connected with you um you know at least you know five plus times and and that would definitely work so that means but by making that statement is, you know, you obviously depend very much on, on your connections and obviously you used a lot of your connections to, to help you with writing the book, getting ideas, um, but even in your, um, in your fitness industry. So that means 
this this last question would apply to you in that respect that if you had to start all over again and you knew nobody, how would you get started again? I would ask somebody who's done it. I would ask better questions. I would um, ask them how they did it. If I didn't, if I couldn't ask a person, I would go on YouTube and research people who have done it, whatever that thing is. I would um, read books. Um, so we're basically with the average of the five people we hang out with, right? Increase your five people, yeah. whether that be books, YouTube, internet, whatever that is, networking. Up your five people average because you're the average age, sex, income, marital status, the whole thing. So if you want to improve that, like I plan to be the most unintelligent person in a room or the poorest person in the room because I know I'll learn from that. So, yeah, I would um, read, ask questions, be curious, be childlike curiosity is probably a really good thing to be. Well, that, that's a very good statement. But what I like about that specifically is that we, we say that often it's, you know, you are the, um, the five people around you, yep. but you just really make that quite specific. Not necessarily the people, it's also the books that you read, Absolutely. The, the, um, the connections on video and, and or Facebook that you might get. So it doesn't necessarily have to be five physical people no, in, in that respect. No, so, and I think that's where people will hold themselves back going, well, I can't reach X, Y, or Z. Like, I'd love to hang out with Richard Branson, but I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I won't rule it out, but I'll read his book instead. But it also comes down to things that you're watching on TV. Like I get people going, oh, I've got no time, I've got no time. Yet I ask them about their favourite TV show and they'll tell me in great detail about their favourite TV show and I go, dude, you've got time. Like they'll, they'll even yes. be the average of their TV show. <laughs> Yes, yes, very much, very much. So, Emma, this has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, it, it, I got out of it more than I thought, uh, and, and, and that I'm only saying that because I already know you and, and a lot about the book. I've heard you talk about it in the past. Yeah. Um, but um, it, it's been absolutely fantastic, very much appreciative. And as a last thing, what one tip or hint could you give to um, everybody listening as, as a final um, sort of Thank you or give away. Um, look, guys, just, you know, believe in yourself. Do something on your to-do list. JFDI, stop beating yourself up. You've got to be on your own rah-rah team. Look at the people who are around you. If they're not supporting you, maybe it's time to walk away gently. <laughs> if they're your family, love them for who they are, but maybe, to, you know, limit those conversations around what you're doing because, People are very, very quick to judge and they're quick to point out things that may not work. But to be quite honest, whenever people are talking, they're usually talking about themselves. So just believe in you, be on your own team, hang out with people that you love and who inspire you and go and create some awesome change in this world. Awesome. All right, thank you very much. Uh, fantastic. No worries at all. So I'm going to go through the last few slides, Emma, if you wouldn't mind just uh, hanging five Absolutely. there. Absolutely. And uh, maybe I can get you to add something at the end as well, if that's sure. all right. All right, cool. Oh, let's get this working. All right, so to take to a copy of this uh, webinar will be on Mixcloud uh, later on tonight. And uh, the link for that is uh, written below. So it's uh, HTTPS and mixcloud.com forward slash SOC Asia Pacific. And uh, I will send you that link if you haven't got the time to write it down, Emma. Thank you. So, in the Asia Pacific webinar for next week will be on July the 3rd um, at 5 p.m. Um, Singapore time, 7 p.m. Australia time, and 9 p.m. Uh, New Zealand time. And um, I'm not sure who's on that may be coming up next. Uh, there we go. Um, it's Mike Herring. I've actually know the guy personally. He's, he's quite interesting uh, and good to listen to. So it looks like he's going to talk about his book, Hanging Out for a Living. And um, that'll be very, very uh, exciting to listen to. So, any state events, please put them on to SOCAsiaPacific at gmail.com or you will find them there. And, and um, any upcoming events that you've got, put them up there or go to the event list for your own opportunity meetings. 
um, whatever it is, but in the upcoming events, it will show you any trillium rides, road tours, etc. And then we've got New South Wales, a simple success coming up on July the 9th at 9 a.m. at uh, Club Burwood. And it looks like we will have Steve Schultz um, Skyping into us and talk about showing us the money. And I love that. And Steve Schultz, if you haven't listened to him yet, he is full of energy and, and very good to listen to. And then the last one, our Cast 2016 annual convention, Defining Moments, at uh, the end of September in Salt Lake City, Utah. Now, Emma, I know that you're not going there, and I totally get that, but um, have you ever attended an annual convention? And if so, what, what can you say about it from, from your experience? Yeah, I've done, um, I did a few for Nutramedics, so... What I recommend is have a bit of a strategy around why you're going. Like, what do you, what do you want to get out of it? Start with an outcome in mind and work your way back. You know, is it to build connections? Is it to get ideas? What can you get out of it to make it worthwhile? Don't be just going there just to hang out. I, I'm assuming you're not just going to go there and spend all that money to get there just to hang out, but have some kind of strategy right. around why you're going. So knowing your why, get very clear. Who are you being? So having that identity, walking in that room, who am I being today to get the results that I want to get, to have a strategy? Well, what a totally different look out on, on that. And, and I think that had, had a lot of good information in that. So thank you for that, Emma. It, it's okay. very much a point, um, you know, not just going there for the sake of going there, but why are you going there and who are you going to be? Yep. Thank you for that, Emma. No worries. Much appreciated. All right. And that's it for tonight. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us, and we will see you next week. And that's it. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Emma. And thank you, everybody, who listened. No worries. See Thanks, ya. Richard. Thanks again, Emma. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Kate. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.